Uh, welcome to the Love Sport Weekend Edition. This is your Q&A session with Paul. You can get me on Twitter at Paul underscore football. You can get us on Facebook at the Love Sport Podcast Network and also on Twitter at Love Sport as well. Uh, we're going to answer a few of your questions posted on social media as well as we can. And if you want to disagree with us, send us a message. This is the Love Sport Podcast. And welcome back to our Adelaide viewers with the news that they have missed a bit of a sensation here a short while ago when uh, Imran Khan, the Pakistan skipper, cracked one down behind square leg and uh, <laughs> was pretty embarrassing for uh, Imi but it was a pretty big thrill for the thousands of adoring female fans Imi has here and right around the country. Our first question today is from a couple people, so realistically the same style question, and it's something that's really frustrating quite a few people. Uh, so Nathan asked about the run rates uh, in Test cricket and how many overs uh, that we're obviously losing uh, through play, and he's looking at any effects that, for example, DRS could have. Um, and David as well has commented in regards to getting through the 90 overs uh, within the audit six hours of play. Um, he believes that people are rorting the system and things like that. And look, my answer is this. Uh, I'm going to keep it nice and short. We can find people. They are on contracts uh, for most cricket boards. We can do things like that. But my answer to this one for both Nathan and David is that we put the onus upon the person in charge. The person who kicks the bowlers, the person who sets the field is one person and one person only, and that's the captain. So we look at, um, a obviously, a match fee situation as the first warning. Uh, second warning, so in the second innings, for example, is not just a match payment loss, but also they can look at a percentage of that person's contract through the ACA, for example. Uh, and obviously, the Players Association would probably disagree with that. Third time uh, in, 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 a, in a calendar year that the run rate is behind at the end of the day, the captain is suspended for a match. They don't get the choice of the match. It's the next match they play, so whether that's against India, England, whoever. Um, my answer is put the onus upon uh, the captain who's out there. If the overs are getting behind, he puts on spin bowlers. Um, if, uh, for example, the fields, um, he needs to keep setting the fields, well, then maybe he really thinks about that field at the start of the over and stops smacking around. He can consult with the umpires and, and, and a third umpire can also look at that time with injuries or the batsman wasting time and so forth. And that can be looked at. Um, but the onus really comes upon uh, the captain. I, I can't see anyone else who the onus uh, for the slow run rates is. You want to bowl your fast bowlers and they're taking a long time, then bring on spinners. Bring on your part-time spinners. It might change the whole dynamic of cricket in that regard. But we need to get through those overs. Uh, talking to my dad yesterday and, and, and other friends who followed cricket for many years, um, sport used to go through uh, the, the you know a hundred overs in a day. Now that's fantastic, but remember they weren't just one hundred overs in a day; they were eight ball overs. So if they could do that back in the day, then certainly right now um, it should be the onus upon the captain. What are your thoughts here? I think a suspension, losing the ability to captain a test. Is, is probably one of the, the great uh, incentives to get the overs through or a disincentive to time waste. I'd love to know your thoughts. So uh, if you want to contact me on Paul underscore football. Uh, additionally, if you want to get us on the Love Sport podcast, you can get us on Facebook and Twitter as well. The onus 
upon the captain. He sets the field. He puts the bowlers on. End of. That's uh, that's my thoughts on that regards anyway. Sharon asks us a very simple question um, today, and the question she had was Rangers or Celtic. Well, it's a bit of a funny one there. I would say neither because I actually follow Aberdeen myself, and so that's a pretty simple one. We could just finish the question there. But whether the question is who's bigger, Rangers or Celtic, that's a tough one. Whether it is who I should choose out of Rangers and Celtic, well, I'm a Catholic, so I'd have to probably go um, Celtic if I had to choose one of those two teams. And, you know, a lot of sport and especially football uh, around Europe is based on towns. There are some um, clubs that are based on religion, um, like uh, Real Madrid means Royal Madrid. So they were the team of the royalty. Um, Barcelona was a team of, of Barca or Bartha. And so it comes down to that as well. It comes down to where you particularly live. Um, so if you didn't live, um, if you didn't live in Glasgow, for example, you could follow whoever you want. Um, but if it comes down to Celtic or Rangers, um, both two brilliant historic teams, I'd actually love to see those teams do what Swansea uh, and teams like that did and potentially go down to, you know, Division One or Division Two. It'd be hard to orchestrate in, in the English Premier League. I would love to see teams like Rangers and Celtic um, climb their way up and be into the Premier League. I just think it'd be amazing. I think Scottish football at the moment, um, realistically, besides a few little blips, has always just been Rangers and Celtic, very similar to Spain, where it's traditionally been Barcelona or Real Madrid with teams like Atletico or Athletic um, sometimes getting up there, very rarely. Uh, Germany, you know, largely um, you're looking at Bayern with Borussia Dortmund and other teams obviously have come in at different times. Italy's had a few more um, than Juve. They've had Inter and AC Milan and there's, um, you know, Roma and so forth have had their their times. Um, But if you're asking me specifically, just Rangers or Celtic out of those two teams. I am a Catholic. Apologies to anyone who's not. So it's got to be Celtic. Thanks for the question, Sharon. asks an interesting question, and I'm going to presume this one is about field hockey, um, but it's why are there only right-handers in, in hockey, um, or why are there only right-handed sticks? Uh, so a left-handed shooter in hockey holds the top of the stick with his right hand and lowers down the shaft with the left hand to try and compensate, um, because the sticks are made for right-handers uh, right and in all competitions. It actually came down to safety concerns many years ago from, from the stuff I've, I've known and, and having worked in hockey as well. Um, according to the you know uh, different umpires and officials, it created too much danger when there was right-handed right handed and left-handed uh, sticks and everything like that as well. So it's tradition. Um, there's safety concerns. And in all honesty, I'm, I'm actually surprised there's not. Um, and until I worked in hockey, I didn't even know there wasn't uh, left-handed hockey sticks as well. Um, so it's probably a, uh, probably 
probably the way that uh, the only way I can really answer that. But a lot of it, if you do any of your research, all comes down to um, basically protecting the players and so forth. Uh, I would love your opinion on that. And any hockey players can probably come over the top and, and know more than I can. But um, certainly that's the answer. Nice, easy one there, Dan. Um, thanks for asking that. And uh, Dan is a graduate of my high school in Victoria. So shout out to JPC. Yeah, a final question for this um, session of Love Sport Podcast Q&A um, came from Jonathan saying that there is no way that Richmond could have won the premiership in uh, 2019 and 2020 without Dusty. Um, I think that definitely in 2020. So we'll focus on that in a moment. But let's have a look. 18 players on the ground at any one time, 22 in the team, and a number of others throughout the year. Um, so it is absolutely a, a sport where the team is bigger than the individual, um, almost like no other sport, simply because of the amount of people who, who play for a team and in the squad. Um, but the 2020 um, final series was dominated for, from a Richmond perspective by Dusty, shut down uh, in the first final against Brisbane. They did their homework. Uh, Richmond having Tom Lynch out made a big difference there. Dusty was um, shut down. He dominated against St Kilda, having a fantastic game in the semi-final. Um, and then in a preliminary, um, was an, amongst another of players who picked it up to another level in really difficult conditions uh, against Port Adelaide. And in the grand final, an absolutely sublime performance. Four goals, four unbelievable goals. Um, the first one, we were in big, big trouble. And he kicks a late goal in the second quarter in a low-scoring match, holding off uh, an opponent with his left-hand Stewart, um, basically throwing the ball in the air and kicking it over his shoulder, um, bringing Richmond back into it. And you see him actually grab the jumper and pull it out. You see him running up to everyone and trying to almost pump the team up. Uh, and then the next three goals, one is through a pack. He deliberately slides the ball along the ground uh, as a check side um, in once again through traffic, uh, his third goal is when the game is almost in Richmond's, um, like almost there for Richmond, and he gets the ball about 70 out, breaks a couple tackles, kicks it along the ground torpedo style, once again straight through the middle, and it looks like the game is almost over there. And then the icing on the cake, the fourth goal, he reads, you can see him stalking the ball and he reads the dropped mark, makes the ball his own, breaks two tackles, the one from Dangerfield. He basically doesn't even look at Dangerfield as he pushes him off, stands on his tippy toes and snaps it around the corner. And it is just the icing. If his career finished right now, I think he could just show that one bit of play and that would sum up uh, Dustin Martin. So three Norm Smiths in our three premierships in the past four years, big old, because I am a Richmond supporter, I have to say, three in our last four years. Um, you know, player, you know, the only person who's kicked multiple goals and had more than 20 possessions in three grand finals alongside Barry Cable, an absolutely sensational North Melbourne and Western Australian footballer. Um, he's got uh, Gary Ayres medals uh, to boot and a Brownlow, but I certainly don't think um, we would have even been in the 2020 grand final without him. Hasn't had his best couple of years in the last couple of years throughout the home and away. He's had moments. But like the very best in any sport, once the finals come, he just goes to that next level and it's almost like he needs a challenge. 
And for me now, my favourite footballer from Richmond of all time um, was Matty Richardson because he got us through so many dark times. But I don't think I could even say that now with uh, Dusty. If his career finished today, and I think he's still got a fair few years left, you would almost say he's Richmond's greatest player of all time. I don't like the whole GOAT thing because there's so many different positions in football and so many different sizes and variables, and it is a team game. Uh, calling a goat, you can say one of the best of all time about almost any player. Um, so I just want to say it's an absolute pleasure to see him. Um, you can hate him as an opposition uh, supporter, but you'll almost have to admire him. And I've had a number of players like that over the years. Uh, you know, the Dunstalls, the Ablets, uh, those kind of guys. You, you, you just have to marvel at how good they are, even if you don't like the team. Agreed. Don't think Richmond would have won the Premiership in 2020. I think 2017 was a different game. It's very much a, a real harassing tackling. Um, I think in 2019, um, look, I, it wasn't Dusty who was the difference. We absolutely dominated a very tired GWS. But this year, I think without Dusty in that grand final, uh, you know, John go on and win that by seven or eight goals. So, John, uh, Jonathan, sorry, JG, a really good question for us. And I do agree, without Dusty... Without any team, without their pure champion, I don't think they can win a uh, win a grand final. Thanks for the question. As a youngster, so long ball by McIntosh to full forward. Stanley couldn't quite stick it. Martin to put pressure. Still with Martin. Can he kick a fourth? Oh, he has. Does he get a normal spit? Does he get the third one? There's no doubt about that, Bruce. There's no doubt. For someone who's been kicked 12 goals, he stood up for him in that second quarter, winning when they needed, when John Geelong had that burst. I'm just repeating, so Barry Cable and Dusty Martin, the only players in the history of the game to have 20 disposals. Oh, thanks for joining us for another episode of Love Sport Podcast. This was our weekend Q&A session. If you want to join in, we usually post a question on Friday or Saturday asking you what your questions are for the weekend in sport. You can get me at Paul underscore football. You can get us at the Love Sport Podcast uh, on Facebook and Twitter. We usually do a midweek podcast as well. So if you have any questions for that, for John, Paul, Sean and Pete, please do. This is the Love Sport Podcast.